From 1924 when he threw rocks around a canyon Down into the modern age he's been a boon companion Though many folks have seen him know Now none of them have held him Or brought a decent hand sample to Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum If you're walking through the woods one night And you see a vague footprint Build a mold and cast that bitch Cause it could be a hit But if you've never seen a Sasquatch Just seek and you will find Because Bigfoot is a state of mind Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind We are hot Yeah, we are (laughs) Hi, everybody not going to cut that out. We're just going to leave that right in. Welcome to the Hidden Zoo, where every week or so we make fun of an animal that probably does not exist. My name is Don. Blake is still on location shooting an action movie. He keeps sending me videos of the cool squibs that he's designing to watch guys get shot. That's kind of neat. Uh, with me this week is a friend and business partner, uh, fellow informal science educator, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi. Hi. Uh, Aaron and I used to work together in Spokane when Blake and I met, and now we work together but separately for a business that nobody's paying for because of COVID, where we blow things up to teach children science. Yay, haven't done anything in a year. I I was lucky to get a socially distant show in June, I think. That's Mm -hmm. the the last time. And I was was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's, It's cool. Okay, I'll wear a mask the whole time, and they all the kids wore masks. But we can talk more about that at the end of the show. We can we can plug that endeavor, and maybe some of you will bring us to your neck of the woods to do science. Um, so, uh, Aaron lives in Oregon. He lives deep in Bigfoot country. Correct. Yes. Yes. Very deep in Bigfoot country. <laughs> this is a, this is a back and forth, Aaron. Sorry, I thought that I saw a Bigfoot. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's natural. We went hunting for one with a potato gun last time I visited. Yeah, yeah, we didn't catch anything. No, we made the potato gun, and then we then we went hunting for Bigfoot with it. So, yeah, that was a good time. So, Aaron, here's the basics of this is I'm going to read you this thing that I wrote, and anytime you want to interrupt or anytime you have some color commentary or pithy sarcasm about this bizarre creature I'm going to tell you about. Oh, that doesn't sound like me, Don. No, no. You and sarcasm (laughs) do not mix well at all. (laughs) You and snide comments, you're very serious all the time. Very, very serious. Extremely serious. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you're also sober all the time. (laughs) He just let's do this. He just lit a candle. A water, a, a water candle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <sighs> this week's story takes place in the southern Basque Mountains of the Spanish province of Vizcaya, which is in the Basque region of Spain. Now, do you know anything about the Basque area? I only know about the Basque separatists, not so okay. much the geography itself. So, yeah, the Basque... The, the separatists are basically what I was what I was getting at uh, because the Basques, like uh, like Catalan, are one of those sections of Spain that are like ruggedly independent, and mm-hmm. and like and always have been. Like I tend to look up some information about the area so I can preface you know with that uh, the story with that. And sometimes because sometimes you find fun shit like this. Uh, la- last week I learned the town of the sighting was uh, was a sawmill started as a sawmill on the Sandy Beaver River. So, Ow. yeah, I know, right? So, so this the, this week I, I learned like I knew that the Basque was one of the areas that is ruggedly independent in Spain. Uh, it has its own language, um, but they're like pathologically independent. Okay, so the history okay. of peoples in the Basque area in, 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 um, in this area of Spain in the region goes back to uh, evidence states it going back to Neanderthals. So, so we have evidence that were Neanderthals back there and the history of them saying, get the fuck out of here goes back to Rome. So when Rome took over the Iberian peninsula, uh, uh, the Basque rallied their forces and kicked the Romans right the hell out. That's right. Mm-hmm. I remember reading about that. And then I think in- they ended up still paying tribute to Rome so that Rome wouldn't try to invade again. <laughs> It's still better than being occupied, you know? 
It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Uh, then in the Middle Ages, uh, they maintain laws after it had come under, like, Spanish rule. I don't think it was Spanish. I think it was – that, that would have been, like – Spain wasn't really a country until Ferdinand and Isabella, if I remember correctly. But whoever mm-hmm. wh- whoever were the, the feudal lords in the area, when they finally moved in and took over uh, the region, they the, the, the people managed to still operate under a set of laws that allowed them to overturn and replace their feudal lord, which mm-hmm. is... Kind of unique in that uh, period of time. And they also hardcore opposed uh, Generalissimo Francisco Franco, which is not surprising at all. fuck the fascists. Yep. In the Spanish Civil War, they were an entire region of anti-fascists, and they were even declared uh, Vizcaya, or Vizcaya is what it is in uh, in Basque. Vizcaya is Spanish. But all the, well, the website said Vizcaya, so I'm going to go with that. Um, It was declared a traitor province by Franco, one of two traitor provinces. Because they yeah, look how that turned out for Franco. Yeah, really well. Um, I heard on Saturday Night Live in the seventies he's still dead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they were during during fascist Spain. They were they were one of two traitor provinces. And even when uh, Francisco Franco was overturned and we got another Spanish Republic, they still operate under uh, largely largely autonomously. They their, their area is called the Autonomous Community of the Basque Country. Or, like, mm-hmm. that's one of the names they go under. They maintain their own parliament. Uh, they're still nominally part of Spain, and uh, they hardcore support Catalan independence as, as a rule. Like, even, even their parliament consistently votes in favor of resolutions favoring Catalan independence. So uh, they, they're they just, like, they don't give a fuck, and they're going to tell you to get the hell out of here. Doesn't they they sound – it sounds very charming from here, but I, I bet you they're kind of like the uh, Southern Oregonians of yeah. Spain. <laughs> yeah, like I, 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 it is charming to me to find these people who are so uh, pathologically self-reliant, anti-authoritarian. So I kept, I, I looked up to see what kind of political positions their parliament actually holds because I wanted to know, like, uh-huh. oh, are are they uh, are they self-reliant because they really hate gay people or something? Like, is their is their self-reliance bad for some group in the Basque country? I couldn't find what anything. Expect. I couldn't find anything. But uh, it, it, it reminds me of I recently learned a little bit about the uh, the Cossack anarchists in the early 20th century. And it kind of reminds me of oh, yeah. that of like, yeah, so, you know, we'll we don't like you at all. We want you gone, but we'll work with the state when the when the enemy is the fascists. But other than that, get the hell off of our farms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it was on a mountain road in uh, this province that a pair of truck drivers encountered the Octo Squatch. The Octo Squatch. Octo Squatch. It sounds good and maybe hot. (laughs) Oh, you know it's hot. If you're Japanese, especially. (laughs) Uh, One of one of them. The only name of the two truckers we have is Archimedes Sanchez. His uh, his partner in the truck. Uh, chose to remain nameless when Archimedes eventually reported this to whoever he reported it to. <clears throat> they were making their way down a mountain road with a load of cargo in the truck at about 11 p.m. Uh, in the summer of 1961. And their headlights lighted on something truly bizarre on the side of the road. It was a three to four foot tall, hairy, octopus looking thing with glowing eyes. And Ooh. right. Whether, you know, whether the eyes are glowing like a Jawa or they're just reflecting like ev- literally every fucking animal other than humans, you know. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's I that's guess it's lucidum. Exactly. We, we learned that teaching third graders to dissect cow <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and I still tell this story to people of, yeah, one time a kid put the lens in his mouth for a dollar. Yep. And that was when we had to add a new rule to the beginning. Uh, don't put the lens in your mouth. And when I was also like, dude, you didn't even hold out for like five? You did it for one? Yeah, kids crazy. Man. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was it was a fun job when it wasn't um, a nightmare. It was a fun soul crushing job. It was I, I, I have often so what background for those of you who aren't me and Aaron, we worked at a small science center that never had enough money and it was very up and down and it was fun when it was fun and when it wasn't fun it was just the worst. Um I kind of I, I I try to explain it to people by saying it was like the job equivalent of being bipolar, where yeah. the highs were gr- just like the most fun I've ever had at a job, but the lows were terrifyingly bad, and 
I've never reached those highs again at my current job, but I've also never reached those lows, and I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take the boredom. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I will. I will take you know seasons ten through fifteen of The Simpsons. Really, is kind of it's that. Yeah. yeah, it's got some eh and some eh, but it's never you know it's never really good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the story. So, Archimedes Sanchez and his and his. Uh, his co-pilot saw this thing on the side of the road, and as soon as the eye, the the the, the high beams hit it, it raised one of its tentacles to kind of cover its eyes, and they stopped the truck immediately. And uh, according to the three sources I could find, they just kind of sat there for a while, okay. just like staring at each other, because neither of them knew quite what to do, uh, and uh, and they, so they had some time to stare at it. And uh, Sanchez said that it appeared to be covered in rust-colored hair and have. At least four tentacles. So you can see Octo Squatch is a, is a bit of artistic license. Did did they say if the tentacles were hairy too? Yes, the whole thing is was hairy. In fact, so like, did it end in hands or claws or just a nub? That is not a hundred percent clear. And and in fact, uh, I said tentacles for simplicity's sake, but the three different websites all said tentacle-like appendages or something to that effect. Okay, that makes sense, because why would you automatically think of, like, tentacles Mm -hmm. when you're driving down a mountain road? You see something in your brain, like, would automatically go. So, like, what made them think Mm -hmm. tentacles? Well, we don't have that part of the story, but it's entirely possible they were towing a load of calamari, and they just had (laughs) had squid on the brain. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, so four at least tentacle-like appendages. And so they just kind of sat there staring each other down for a while until Sanchez decided to do something, and he tried to talk his buddy into getting a jackhammer out of the back of the truck and going to kill it with a jackhammer. <laughs> like like the, the, the jackhammer, like you got to rest your weight on it as you break yep. up bits of concrete? Yep. I don't know. Hold on. Let me Google huh. this real quick. Uh, 1961 jackhammer. Maybe there it was something different in the '60s. Mm. I mean, you got to trust that it's going to stand still while you jackhammer it. Ah, no, it looks like jackhammers have kind of always been jackhammers. So, <laughs> no, he just wanted to take the concrete cutting machine out to attack the octopus. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So, so obviously he didn't like this guy. No, it was he was creeping him out, and he wasn't willing to do it. That's the other thing. He's like, you go, go, go. Go! Uh, I'm driving. You go kill it. You go kill it with the jackhammer. I'll, I'll back you up from here. <laughs> I'll, I'll offer moral support. <laughs> and his buddy uh, refused, just flat out refused. And so they just kind of sat there staring at it for a little while longer, which who knows how long it was. Like, you know, like you're, you're scared. It could be two minutes and seem like 15. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. so the, the, they, who knows? Now, after a little more time it was clear this thing wasn't going to move so sanchez made an interesting decision he backed up and he turned the truck so it would face the octo squatch directly and then he attempted to ram it awesome and the octo squatch could not scrabble up the cliff side it was up against so it just kind of like tried to shy away as best it could so wait he was going to drive the truck into octo squatch mm-hmm. and a cliff well he stopped just short Right, like he was—he was trying to scare it off. It sounds like, and then he kept okay. doing that. Like he would back up and go forward again, and back up and go forward again, and huh. attempt to rid himself of the octo squatch. But uh, nothing—it didn't do anything. It didn't go away. Archimedes Sanchez doesn't seem like the brightest of lights. Uh, no. <laughs> Honestly, the jackhammer probably would have been a better idea than. Crashing your truck into a cliff on an isolated mountain road in the Basque Mountains? Repeatedly. Yeah. I wonder if they had a gun and he just didn't even think of it. Kill Possible. It, kill it with the jackhammer. And then they drove off and he was like, shit, we had a gun. <laughs> Wait, did they have a gun? I don't know. Okay. They were Basque, so possibly. <laughs> we have this to scare away the Spaniards and the Octosquatches. <laughs> Okay, so so he's he's repeatedly driving close to this thing. Yes. 
and uh and it's just cowering against yeah it's, it's just like kind of shrinking away and it's not really being scared enough to run away or i don't know maybe it's a deer and he's real stupid you know and it's just it's frozen i this is kind of where the story ends this is this is the saga of octo squatch because this is one of those cryptids that was seen once was seen once uh-huh. 50 years ago 60 years ago and 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 that's it. So like this, uh, him him trying to scare it resulted in exactly Dick. And so he, they, I guess they just kind of shrugged and kept going. And now nobody ever saw it again. Like there's never been another report on that road from anywhere else about a tentacled hairy creature. And so how long? How long? Like beginning to end? Does it sound like this took? They aren't clear about it. And what's 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 especially kind of frustrating is I could not find anything remotely resembling a primary source, right? And none uh-huh. of the pages that that have this listed or have like, oh, here's my blog entry about the Octosquatch or my cryptozoological blog. Nobody cites anything, and they all tell the same story. So it's one of those, like, it's not an urban legend. Like, we've done urban legend-ish cryptids on the show but we did one two weeks ago the 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 michigan michigan melon heads it's 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 such an urban legend <laughs> i love that one yeah i love that one the doctor that they right. think created them doesn't exist the, the hospital doesn't, doesn't exist. exist it's like yeah and, and they lived in tunnels that were left by a zoo that never existed <laughs> like because yeah, yeah it's t- zoo tunnels you know like every zoo has tunnels and like that one just reeks of urban legend this one sounds like a guy or like a couple of guys who saw a thing but like maybe there's a Basque language newspaper out there somewhere. Like if I if I went to to town and I could read Basque and had a microfiche, like maybe yeah. I could find something. But it's one of those things where the only source for all of the pages seems to be each other's summaries of this story, right? Or okay. it's almost like an internet oral tradition. So, um, it's it's kind of frustrating because I like to be able to find firsthand accounts as often as possible. If if they exist, or at least something contemporaneous to to the to the encounter, to the, like yeah, the first report mm-hmm. or the first newspaper article, yeah. I even I even have a book called uh, I think it's called Cryptids in Print, and uh, I think it was self published, but I don't care. It was a guy who went uh, went to the time and effort to find old newspapers and go through them looking for cryptid articles, and then mm-hmm. just reproduce the text in book form. But it only goes up so to like, the 40s. So like a hyper-specific Charles Fort. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, I, as soon as I saw that it was a book that existed, I said, oh, i got to get that. Like, that's going to come in handy for this show one of these days. But oh, yeah. He's not in there. But you know what I did find as I was searching all around? And, like, I even I Googled uh, Archimedes Sanchez's name. And in addition to finding a few, uh, finding a few uh, modern Archimedes Sanchez social media profiles, um... Everything else I could find was this story on the same three websites. Yeah, because yeah. my uh, my next questions were going to be about Archimedes Sanchez. Yeah, like, like who, who is, is he? there any? Yeah, let me do it again. Not on my phone. Archimedes Sanchez in quotes this time. Archimedes Sanchez on Facebook, Fresno, Colombia. No, probably not. Nope, that's the guy. Instagram. Nope, that's way too young. Thirty profiles on LinkedIn. How old would the guy be right now? Sixty-one. It said they were in their twenties. Okay. So old. Yeah. In their eighties. So wait, if he was in his twenties and it was nineteen sixty-one, dude, that's that's late. Yeah, that's like sixty years later. Yeah. So he might. Let me see. Archimedes Sanchez death. Family search nineteen thirteen to nineteen eighty-five. No, it's Columbia. Wham, eleven eighty in the summer of nineteen. 19- oh, okay, this is a Facebook thing talking about the Octo Squatch. Oh, coast to coast AM with George Nuri. So that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a reliable, reliable source. <laughs> yeah, same story, same story. Um, so yeah, I I, I got nothing. I got nothing. This uh, it's one of those things that it's uh, who, who knows if the story even would have reported it. Too. I don't. That's it. Doesn't say anything. It just says they waited a while to report it. And if if I go by what I know from you know from reading about cryptozoology for half my life, 
probably a newspaper, especially in the 60s. Yeah, um, it would be a newspaper. I mean, yeah. maybe the cops, but like, mm-hmm. why would you even care about telling them? Right. Like, it's not like it's not like one of those stories where the like they feel threatened by whatever the creature is, and uh, and and it keeps like last week I did the Ohio Grassman, and they called the cops because they thought uh-huh. the thing killed their dog, and it was like yeah. throwing rocks at their house or whatever. Like this, he saw it once on the highway. I can't imagine he, especially because he's Basque. You're gonna tell the police? No, fuck him. We're going to get a posse and we're going to go hunt it. Uh, okay, but what I did find, what I did find was some, <laughs> I'm going to read you this entire thing because it's pretty great. Somebody made some homebrew uh, stats. If you want to play, I have an Octosquatch in your Pathfinder game, which is uh, Pathfinder, Ooh. if you're not familiar, Aaron, is kind of a knockoff of Dungeons & Dragons uh, 3.5 edition. Thank you for explaining yes. this. So it's 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 it's, it's putting Octosquatch in D and D. Octosquatch. This hairy brown mass stands a head shorter than a man. Its shapeless body supported upright on a network of thick tentacles. Its only visible facial features are its two huge luminous eyes. The Octosquatch is perhaps the pinnacle or nadir of the fascination with Sasquatches possessed by certain demonic monster cults. An Octosquatch barely resembles its humanoid predecessor being predominantly cephalopod in appearance, but its stealth, hairy hide, and pungent odor mark its Sasquatch ancestry. Octosquatches are physically weaker than Sasquatches, but make up for it with their cunning minds, powerful magical abilities, and a wholehearted endorsement of the wickedness to which they are set. The piercing gaze of an Octosquatch has a soothing effect on humanoid minds. Such creatures become passive, unable to attack or flee, left to the mercy of the Octosquatch or its allies. Other creatures can still be affected by this gaze, but not to nearly the same level of efficacy. Octosquatches usually focus their attacks on creatures that have not succumbed to their gaze, immobilizing them instead in a cocoon of grasping arms. Like their octopus ancestors, an octosquatch has a poisonous bite, but it is delivered through upsettingly human-like teeth. And their short jaws can only reach creatures already in the octosquatch's grasp. Do do they have a human mouth, or do they have like an octopus beak and then human, <laughs> human teeth? teeth? I don't know which is which bothers me more. <laughs> just like oh my, you, it raises its its tentacles, and there's just just big old lips and a and human teeth, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like come here, blah, blah. <laughs> come to with daddy, its, with its calming bedroom eyes. <laughs> yep. So okay, so this is sounding like like a pretty fuckable Sasquatch. Oh, you don't have the half of it, man. You you need to Google the Beast of uh, Bray Road if you want to hear about a fuckable cryptid. Because oh, oh I've read all about that one, and some of the illustrations I've oh, seen man. are like yeah. What, what we we talk about this, we go back to it regularly because it still makes us laugh that one of the guys who saw it uh, described its super six pack abs and its ruby oh. red lips, and like obviously <laughs> wanted to fuck this werewolf so hard. <laughs> and like he even said specifically it had no visible reproductive organs like i was looking i was looking to see i, checked, oh. I was open mm, damn it <laughs> you know it never occurred to me before that could just mean it was a female yeah i hmm. mean did he say anything about breasts no no and usually when when cryptid sightings involve breasts the people mention them they mentioned yeah. the pendulous breasts on the female big feet. They they certainly do. Yeah. I've read quite a lot about that. Have you read uh, Have you read the story about Albert Ostman? Which one? The one he was the one who was he said he was kidnapped by a family of big feet in the twenties, but didn't tell anyone until the sixties. Yeah, and they kept him for a while, and then yeah. he managed to like what? What was it like? He they got hold of his snuff, or yeah, kicked him into yeah. like like snorting his snuff, and yep. then and then he got he out. away while they yep. were all sneezing. And and he also he also gave some uh, hot or not appraisals of the of the tits on the Sasquatches. <laughs> That's a very human thing to yep. do. It's like I just had this crazy experience, and there were these weird creatures, and pretty hot, pretty hot. Yeah, pretty I'd, hot. I'd do them. Yeah. What were the tits like, Albert? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> so, continuing. 
An octosquatch typically has eight limbs, although as few as six and as many as 20 have been reported. Octosquatch move upright on these limbs as if they were legs, although their gait is swaying and boneless. Octosquatches, like their octopus ancestors, can fit through very tight spaces and frequently lair in cracks in the earth. I guess they're using the word lair as a verb there, but Hmm. I, I, I know what they mean. Tree hollows or other crevices. They're skilled climbers, and some reports of tree octopus likely refer to these creatures. So they have a few special abilities. Obviously, they're pacifying gaze. I love that. Yep. Uh, they have uh, poison. With their, they bite you with their human teeth. Pungency, uh-huh. because they have, the, they have the skunk ape odor. Yeah. And woodland stride. They can move through any type of undergrowth at normal speed without taking damage or suffering any impairment. So, like, if they, if they have to walk through a thorn patch, they just go right through it. This It's pretty fearsome. It never occurred to me that that's a part of uh, role-playing games. Oh, terrain is a big part, especially in D&D. Yeah. Like, D&D is, uh, is more tactical than a lot of games, but, oh, yeah, like, there's difficult terrain that has your movement. Um, uh-huh. And, like, if you're walking over caltrops or something, you're going to take damage, but he can walk right through the caltrops. It's fine. It's good. I'm, I'm getting more and more interested in trying D&D. It's fun. You sh- I, I, um, if you like, we can talk about this off mic, but... Uh, okay. I um I'm working on a it's not D and D it's uh, I'm I'm using a different system to uh, run a game for Alex and Alina and Blake because we did we did a short Vampire the Masquerade game that took us like three years to finish like oh wow two game sessions a year maybe and they said that was fun let's do this more regularly and I said okay I'll come up with something so if if you're at all interested it it works pretty well to do over video chat. Listeners, neither here nor there. Aaron and I will continue okay. that later. We'll come back. Yeah, we, 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 we'll circle back to that, as our old boss Marty used to say. Oh, God. <laughs> so, that's, uh, that's Octosquatch uh, rules in D&D. Oh, wait, there's more on this page. They have rules for Sheep Squatch. They have rules for the Dover Demon. They have rules for... Uh, there's Octosquatch. Wait, there's another Octosquatch? Phil Dean, Livac, some of these they just made up. Some of these aren't even real cryptids. But, yeah, that's neat. I want a Dover Demon in my D&D game. That sounds cool. Okay. So, um, before I regale you with the tale of my real animal, I realized yeah. I, I wanted to open with some, some cryptid news. Aaron, have you heard of the Bigfoot hunting season bill for, coming out of Oklahoma? Yes, and I haven't read anything more than just the headlines about it. So we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and ever since then I've been trying to find the full text of the bill, and I finally did. Okay, uh, and because there were questions, right? Like, what kind of traps are you allowed to use? Because it's trap only; you can't shoot a Sasquatch. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you? It, it's twenty five thousand dollar bounty. Is that only for the first person or for everyone who catches a Sasquatch, right? So I was hoping that the bill would clear it up. Uh, It did not. Uh, Oklahoma State Rep uh, Justin Humphrey, House Bill 1648. An act relating to game and fish directing the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission to establish a Bigfoot, two words, hunting season, providing for codification and providing an effective date, be it enacted by the people of the state of Oklahoma. Section 1, new law, a new section of law to be codified in the Oklahoma statutes as Section 5-603 of Title 29, unless there is created a duplication in numbering, reads as follows. The Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission shall promulgate rules establishing a Bigfoot hunting season. The commission shall set annual season dates and create any necessary specific hunting licenses and fees. Section 2, this act shall become effective on November 1st, 2021. That's it. That's the whole thing. So are they going to sell hunting licenses? Yeah. And like all of the news reports had more detail than that. So I assume when he introduced the bill, he was just like, yeah, and we'll offer a bounty and blah, 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 blah. And it was just kind of like riffing. I have signed up for email updates on the bill. <laughs> so I hope, I hope that this keeps going because it's very silly. And it would also be like the only state that has Bigfoot laws on the books that hasn't made it mostly illegal to kill a Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I figure most states have gone the other way and have actually protected Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, you know, uh, reading about Bigfoot in the 90s, 
well, I think it was Washington was the first one to say, if it exists, we're going to code it. It's an endangered species. So we're going to codify it as such and it's illegal to hunt them. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that is funny to me that some guy is like, yeah, this will drum up tourism. And so Bigfoot hunting season, what the fuck? And How drum up tourism? Like get Bigfoot, bring like people big would actually game. come and yeah. like run out in the woods with their guns. Yeah. Where else can you legally when, hunt when Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot hunting season? Like, what other hunting seasons does it overlap with? Duck season, wabbit season, Elmer <laughs> season. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, if you're a big game hunter and uh, and either a little bit crazy or like me and just do shit like that for shits and giggles, what yeah. the, why not? I drove to Toledo for a Bigfoot conference a couple of years ago. Very true. But were you running around with a gun? Not at the time. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, maybe I should in the future, because if anybody happened to listen to that episode who spoke at the conference, they're probably very mad at me. But, yeah, yeah, no, Toledo might be a dangerous place for you. Well, one of them was a guy not from Toledo. He was like their big, big get. I think he's from Florida. And he he, he dresses like a like a Nazi Confederate soldier. Like he has a black oh, leather cowboy hat with a with a totem cough on the front of it, and then he has this just like black leather like Napoleonic double breasted button coat thing, and he just thinks he looks really cool, but he looks super nerdy. Yeah. Like, did you watch oh, the like... Queen's Gambit? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, it's very good. First and second of all, there's a character who's like an excellent chess player who thinks he is super cool. But he wears a cowboy hat and a black leather duster, and he's a total fucking nerd. But he's one of those cool nerds all the other nerds think is cool because he dresses does he wear like a cowboy t- yeah. hat and duster yeah. while playing chess. Of course he does, and like chains around his neck, and he's got a Bowie knife on his belt for protection. And he's a super super loser, but he's cool for chess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not saying a lot. No, but he doesn't hang out with non-chess people, so he has no idea what the world at large seems would, would probably think about him. Okay, so that's my that's my update on the uh, the Bigfoot Oklahoma story. Now, yeah, keep us updated. I will. I will. My my real animal this week, Aaron. Because we always do a real animal, or not always, but usually to to counter the silly fake animal. It's the blue ringed octopus. Wait, 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 wait! Before we get what? to the yes. blue ring octopus. Okay. I got a few questions. Okay, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, um, why is it called an octo squatch? What about it suggests a number eight? Nothing. That's that's one of the the fun things about it is that its shape seemed to suggest octopus. You know. Yeah. But that means eight. Yeah, like it suggested cephalopod, and they thought octopus is my. Is it, I don't know. Yeah, because it had. Four legs, or four legs at least. So, yeah. Um, brain short, 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 not short circuit. Shortcut? Yeah. I don't know how else you would describe it. Quadra like, squatch doesn't sound as cool. Yeah. Tentacle squatch. Yeah. Squid yeah. squatch. Okay. I guess Enti- that one just has been bugging me this entire time. Yeah, it, it, it bugged me too, but eh, I get why they would do it. I get why they call it Octo Squatch. Okay, further questions? Okay. Uh, yeah, and so, like, what is, like, the farthest back mention you were able to find of the Octo Squatch? Like, so it says this happened in 1961, mm-hmm. but how far back? If these are all Internet things, like, how old is the information? I didn't think to check that. Hold on. I have my links here. Let me see. So, um, it's cryptid wiki. Let me go into the history page. This page on cryptid wiki goes back to 2015. The one of them, another one, uh, at cryptopia is 2015 and non alien creatures wiki is 2019, which isn't surprising because that one. It seems like it cribbed a lot from Cryptid Wiki, mm-hmm. so that's that's ever, that's those are the sources that I used, and so that's as far back as it goes. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I just always wonder about that because even when the story is being placed, mm-hmm. like 
if it's being placed in 1961, like who came up with that? You know what? I'm going to pause recording for a minute. Aaron, bear with me. I just remembered I ordered a book a long, quite a while ago by Lauren Coleman, who I have absolutely zero respect for, but it's called Cryptids A to Z. Oh, I love his book, though. He's, he is, he believes so, everything. He, like he has, there's not a doubt in his mind about any cryptozoology, aliens, super, whatever. Um, so yeah. uh, let me go grab Cryptids A to Z and see if he has an Octo Squatch. So I'm going to pause recording yeah. here and come back. I don't think he does. Do I, I've read that one. Okay. Okay. If you, yeah. If you, but, but grab it. Let's, let's find yeah, out. All right. I'll be right back. Okay. I have the book in front of me and we just, we just looked at it. And Aaron's pretty sure that he has this book. And there is no Octo Squatch. The entire O is Ogopogo, Okapi. Hey, that's a real animal. Old Yellowtop, Olgoy Korkoy, sounds Russian, Anza Orang Pendek, and Udemon's Antun Cornelius. Antun Cornelius Udem. Okay, I gotta find. What the fuck is that? He is an. It's, oh, he's a. Sounds like he's a cryptozoologist. Uh, he searched for sea serpents in the late 19th century. Okay. So, yeah, that's. Unless there is. Like an index that goes into more detail. No. So, okay. So this was 99. So this is slightly more than 20 years old. And the furthest back anything that we can find for Octosquatch only goes as far as 2015. Okay. So it's a good chance that it's just made up whole cloth. Yeah. And a bunch of people just read it and were like, oh, I've never heard of that one before. I'm putting it on my cryptid website. (laughs) I think just to be on the safe side, you should definitely uh, learn how to speak Basque. Yeah. And uh, do, do, in fact, probably when it's safe, make a trip and go search uh, old records and archives. I will do. I'll do that. See if you can find anything. I'll like, go. due diligence. Yeah, I, yeah. For, for sure. 100%. You know what I'm even going to do? I'm going to Google Basque Newspaper Archive. Newspapers, Basque. Oh yeah, I don't speak Basque. Never mind. I found some, <laughs> but it's not going to do me any good. <laughs> so, um, do you have any further questions about Octo Squash? Um, not at the moment. But okay. I might later. Okay. So you might get some late night text. <laughs> the blue ring octopus, which, as I learned today, is actually four different species in the genus uh, Hapalochlina. I hope I said that right. It's a, it's a tough one. Four Sounded sp- like, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Blue ring octopuses are called that because they have little blue rings on their bodies, and those rings violently change color whenever they feel like they are threatened. Uh, They're tiny, but they're incredibly mighty, and none of the four species get further than six to eight inches in in size, uh, which means they're easy... They're easy to miss, even though they're very brightly colored. Uh, and if you do see one, they're super cute. Uh, I understand that they hang out around the Great Barrier Reef, which I'd love to dive someday if it weren't for them. Uh, and bull sharks. And there's a type of jellyfish that stings you, and you probably won't die. But you apparently, it whatever it stings you with, it just makes you feel a constant sense of impending dread. So for the next week, you're gonna you you are you think you're in, in uh, imminently going to die, and you hope to die very soon just to get it over with. That's the poison. Doom jelly, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I I I do and don't want to dive the Great Barrier Reef. So. When they so are, I'm guessing those, those those cute little blue rings are warning from yes. that octopus. Yes, it seems like bright colors on octopuses act uh, very much like bright colors on insects. So. They're generally pretty docile. They feed mostly on small crustaceans. When they're threatened, their first instinct is to try to run. But they will fight, and you probably already know what their defense mechanism is, Aaron. Guns. Yes, eight of them. Very small, very small derringers, but eight derringers at a time is nothing to sneeze at. Yes. (laughs) Um, They will, if, if you make contact with them... 
uh, they have a tendency to bite you with their tiny beaks. And their bites are often painless because their beaks are so tiny. But in that split-second bite, they will inject you with a cocktail of tetrodotoxin, dopamine, histamine, and a shitload of other chemicals. Sounds like a party. Yeah. Well, how much do you like dying from eating the wrong part of a puffer fish? Ooh, that's got to be that's got to be not on the top ten. I mean, it made a good Simpsons episode, but Fugu. That's about it, because that's the tetrodotox is the same thing that's in in puffer fish. So it, uh, paralysis, full body paralysis sets in almost immediately, along with blindness mm-hmm. that even if you survive may be permanent, heart failure, and a host of other severe symptoms. And all the while this is happening, you remain fully aware of your surroundings. It doesn't do anything like psychologically or ne- neurologically oh, wow. to you. Yeah. Uh, death results in minutes. If you if you aren't treated now, it's worth noting there is no anti venom, but the vast majority of deaths from blue ring octopus stings come from diaphragmatic paralysis. So if they can get you on an oxygen source, they can get you on a respirator in time, you have a chance to pull through. Okay, uh, but some of the some of the uh, effects like the blindness can be permanent, so you don't want to mess with them. Any given blue ring octopus, remember six to eight inches carries enough venom to kill 26 adult humans. This is because every single or nearly every single organ, gland and tissue in their body is completely suffused with tetrodotoxin. Like almost every part of them that has been tested is like, Nope, Nope. It's here too. Nope. It's over here. Nope. It's in this, it's in the heart area. It's all. And and apparently the sodium channels in their cells have been uh, especially evolved to be resistant to tetrodotoxin. So like it doesn't, it can't get in and affect their cells. They just, so is, is there toxin? Is it, is it meant to paralyze prey that they eat, or is it just meant as a defense mechanism? I honestly don't. I don't know. Um, let me see if I can I'm just thinking about, like, yeah. for example, what, what eats them? Uh, people. And, like, why do they need such an ungodly strong amount of, right. of toxin to handle whatever it is that they're eating or whatever it is is eating them? You wouldn't think that you would or is it just it? one of those happy accidents of evolution it where, like— So it looks like their biggest predator is the moray eel. And morays can Uh get pretty big. So as a defense mechanism against uh, morays or seals, uh, ooh, whales eat them too. I imagine it won't much affect a a whale. But like a moray or a seal is going to, like that's a good way to get away. But it's not, it is not clear to me. Is it as toxic? I wonder. And that may be one that, like, it may take you a while to find info on that. But, like, is yeah. it as effective on moray eels as it is on humans? I don't know. Uh, given just, like, how nervous systems are nervous systems and, you know, muscles are muscles, uh, something that's this, the what what is such a strong paralytic. Yeah, I, it does I, it yeah. to anything. Yeah, I would suspect it would. But probably, probably effective on seals, given that they're also mammals and their biology yeah. is pretty similar to ours here's here's an interesting bullet point at animalspot.net <laughs> besides dolphins the blue ring octopus are the only non-humans that enjoy the act of sex how do you figure that out um well now i really definitely don't want to watch that netflix special my octopus teacher because that guy already <laughs> seemed like he wanted to fuck that octopus <laughs> And now I wonder how you determine that. I assume some kind of test where like you, you get them to either like go for food or Mm -hmm. a sexy octopus. So the next bullet point might give us some indication of, of how they determine this. The act of copulation continues until the female has had enough. And in most cases, the female needs to use its force to pull down the over enthusiastic male. So, so I know in uh, other other cephalopod species, the act of mating is basically the male removes a, 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 what looks kind of like one of their tentacles, but it's got like the little sperm groove. Yeah, yeah. And then they stick it up into, or maybe I'm thinking squid. Um, I'm and not... then they stick it up into the mantle of, of the other of the female. 
That sounds right. That sounds familiar. But yeah. I think you would know more about that than I would. So what? What else are they doing that's like pleasurable? I don't know, but I mean, it's uh, when you think about how intelligent cephalopods are, like creepily uh-huh. intelligent to the point yeah. that that a couple of years ago, some dude was like, "No, I bet they're actually aliens." It doesn't. I remember that. It doesn't surprise me that they would like to bone, or well, not bone. They they don't have bones. <laughs> they would like to squish, smash. They smash. Would smash. Would smash. Octosquash. Octosquat. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the idea of a male like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna oh we're gonna have sex right now. And she's like good damn here. <laughs> the male's like snoo snoo time. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about octopus sex. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm glad I could could uh, help you discover a new new passion, we'll call it. A new... Yeah. Yeah. I think they have uh, Blue Ring Octopus are off the coast of Oregon. Because, yeah, I think I've heard about them before. That wouldn't... I, I mean, I guess, yeah, they're Pacific, so... I just know about them from the Great Barrier Reef. Let me see. Let me see if maybe maybe it says on their Wikipedia page, where do they live? Behavior, feeding, toxicity, reproduction. Nope. 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 Japan. Japan to Australia. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they made their way across. Whatever. Or I'm wrong and I'm thinking of another species that's absolutely possible. So... Are all octopuses poisonous? I don't think so. And in the description, in the in the the role playing game description that you read, you know, they mention you know mm-hmm. the poisonous, like like all octopus, and I immediately thought, but it doesn't matter because that's just a description of a game. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't think all octopuses are poisonous. Okay, here's uh, Nat Geo. 2009, according to a new study, all octopuses, cuttlefish, and some squid are venomous. Oh, wow. Okay. But the blue ring is the only one that's dangerous to humans. Huh. And so I wonder what the other venoms do. Like if it's related or else if it's a less powerful version. Mm -hmm. If it's like, if that is a a prey venom that's for small things, as opposed to a get get me the hell away from here venom for large predators. Okay, if you don't mind, I, I have more questions now about that. <laughs> okay. So thinking about the fact that, so the, it, it, Mountain Road, I mm-hmm. assume it's it's a forested Mountain Road, right? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm thinking like, you know, so it, it probably came out of the forest or something, and then it's up against that cliff or whatever mm-hmm. right next to the road. Um, and then, yeah, I'm thinking about, okay, like, what would an octosquatch be eating? Flowers? Why would it need to be poisonous? I mean, okay, well, once again, that's a description of a game. <laughs> the and then, and then yeah, that. but if but it's related to an like, octopus, there's a good chance it is, in fact, poisonous. Yeah. In in my brain, the it's it's canon, everything that was in that game description. It, my brain has now put it on that. And that's, that's, so that's the real. octosquatch that obviously doesn't exist, but if it did has all of those features so it's magical and um it's poisonous it's it's, it's it's um maybe to attack trucks and it just forgot so what would you need i assume then the four tentacles could be for moving through the canopy mm-hmm. you know moving through brush yep um what would it eat it seems like it would have to be a vegetarian or maybe like small mammals well, so how big was it again? Three to four feet tall. Three to four feet. How many? So like bigger than a how many box. forest creatures are vegetarians that are of that size? Uh, it seems like at a certain point you start being at least an omnivore just to get the amount of calories that you need. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like, uh, like you know, like a deer, elk, moose. Deer, deer eat um, anything they can get. Didn't you see there's... That may not have been when I was in Spokane, but I saw I saw an article about um, 
scientists who were studying birds and they stretched bird oh, nets yes. across the yeah, kitchen yeah. at night. And they found that deer had been coming out of the and, woods and eating yes, the birds caught in the yes. net. And uh, it turns out that they are opportunistic carnivores. Yeah. So, so, well, maybe that's what this thing is. Maybe mostly it feeds on like thistles and leaves, but then occasionally eats a, a chipmunk. Hmm. I don't know what okay. they have out there. I, I don't know. You're, you're, you're thinking very hard about the Octosquatch. That's my favorite thing to do. Oh. <laughs> um, I, reading, reading cryptozoology and paranormal stuff is my uh, guilty pleasure. Like, I don't read a lot of fiction right now. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite thing to do is to get, you know, shit tons of books about ghosts and, and monsters and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And so I, my favorite type of book is to read a non-site or a non-fiction straightforward description of these animals is if they exist. And that's why I love Lauren Coleman mm-hmm. because he just takes everything that he hears and goes, Ooh, yeah, sounds right. Yep. And then turns around and writes about it. <laughs> so I love reading his books. I read them over and over again because uh, they're a lot of fun. So I like thinking about these things mm-hmm. in terms of like, okay, if they were a real animal, if you ever, where would if you ever run across an old book just called Monsters, I have I've talked about this on the show before. If memory serves, who's it by? I can't remember um, because it, it would have been the first cryptozoology book I ever read, and I would have read it in first grade. It, on my good luck searching, I've searched everywhere. But isn't isn't your girlfriend a librarian? Yes. So. Perhaps she can help me look. I keep meaning to go. Uh, I want to go to the Indianapolis Central Library and go. Do you, do, maybe you know because I have this memorized. Do you do you know where you go in the Dewey Decimal System to find the ghosts and Bigfoots? Uh, down to zero. Yes, to, down to the point oh 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 ones. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I keep so, meaning to go to the what, big library and look for it, but this would have been kids in. Book? It's what? Was it a kids book? No, it was in the library. Or was it an adult book? Or it was it was on it was on the shelves that only the third and fourth graders were allowed to read from. But my mom convinced the librarian that my reading level was high enough that she should let me take books from any shelf in the library. And I picked that up, and it had I think I think like a silhouette of a Bigfoot and a silhouette of the surgeon's photo of Nessie on the cover. And I think it was just called Monsters, and it was obviously old, even in ninety ninety one. I have never been able to find it, and I desperately want it. Were they stories? It was. It was like, like attempting to be a scientific survey of the different creatures. And I remember it started by talking about like myths and legends because there was a picture of a manticore. Which, if you Google like manticore, it's still a kind of famous creepy woodcut of a manticore, just like a dude's face on a weird creature body smiling at the camera. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember it had a picture of Deloy's ape, which scares the fuck out of me to this day, even though I know it's probably just a spider monkey on a small crate. It yeah. just doesn't look right. Uh, and I think it was just called Monsters, but I can't find it on Amazon. I can't find it searching the library catalog. So once everything's open again, I just need to get down there to see if they have it. Um, whoops. So... um. There's a book called Monsters by John Malum. Okay. Can you spell his last name for me? M-A-L-A-M. Monsters mythology. John Malum. It's definitely not the same uh, cover. January 7th, 2010, but it may have been a newer edition of an older book. No, this was way longer than 32 pages. And it wasn't uh, the one by Christopher Dell. He has a book called Monsters, a Bestiary, a Bestiary of Devils, Demons, Vampires, Werewolves. Possibly. Let me look at that one. Christopher Dell, hardcover 2010, 192 pages. Um, if it is this, this would be a re-release uh, no, it looks too the like the the interior design looks too modern, too much too much color. 
this was like very clearly it, it seems like it came from the age of Leonard Nimoy in search of okay yeah Huh. All right. I'll keep looking all yeah. I can about it. She may she may do some look for me. She's very good awesome. at finding books like that. Oh, look. I oh, searched uh, search for, for Monsters of Bestiary of the Bazaar by Del Christopher, and it suggested uh, Mike Bentz pounded in the butt by his handsome werefly by Chuck Tingle. Huh? Chuck Tingle. Friend of the show. Chuck Tingle. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy who... Uh, who, who may or may not actually exist and writes a bunch of uh, really weird and silly erotica. Yeah. <laughs> Nominated for two Hugos. That's right. All right. Um, so, Aaron, that's everything I had for today. We're about at an hour. Do you have any final thoughts before I play us out with some public domain music? Final thoughts. Yes. Um, I wish I had more information on the Octosquatch. Me too. I love the... I love these one-time things, and and I want to know so much more about the people. And, like, my big question about that dude would be, why report it at all? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the meaning behind actually doing that? And why wait? Um, If you're going to report it, why wait? Why not? As soon as you get to town, you're like, oh, we saw this thing on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Or then, like, 20 years later in the bar. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's this one time. <laughs> me and, Octo squat me and my anonymous co-driver were going through the mountains. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. If you want, you may have heard of this one. If you want one that has a lot of that uh, and is also kind of a, 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 of, of its time. Uh, have you read huh? about the Van Meter Visitor? No. We did an episode on that. It was a pterodactyl that shot lasers out of its head, and it was in the Old oh, West. Man. And so there were plenty of contemporary newspapers covering the story of the Van Meter video. Was that the one where they claim to have shot one down? Um, and then there's supposedly a photograph that's a somewhere? That, uh, okay. that That is one of the Thunderbirds, or Thunderbirds. Texas, Texas pterodactyl or something like that. This yeah. one uh, is – they didn't shoot it down, though they did – literally round up an old West posse to chase it into a mine. (laughs) It's a good one. It's a good one. And you can find the actual text of some of the newspaper reports from 1892 or whenever. So check. That's my final thought. Let me ask you real quick though, before, before, yes. Have you read anything by uh, an author named Colin Dickey? Doesn't ring a bell. So um, I'm rereading a, called the unidentified okay mythical monsters alien encounters and our obsession with the unexplained Colin Dickey. it's a great book about why people see crypto Ooh. and and one of the things that interests me the most isn't just the monsters it's the fact that from from the beginning of recorded time people have been reporting you know whether it be angels or monsters mm-hmm. or devils or anything like that, this is this is a very very human thing. Yeah. And while I don't like look at any of these monsters and be like, oh yeah, well I think that one exists. That makes sense. <laughs> the pattern is what fascinates me. And and so this guy is um, basically he's got like a PhD in comparative literature. Oh, so cool. he digs down into stuff and then writes really engagingly about it. So I think you might enjoy yeah. reading that one that because it gets like. to what ties together all of this: the interest in hidden animals and 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 animals that may exist, and then those random things where people are like, "Oh yeah, I saw this thing." <laughs> this it honestly sounds like a much more sophisticated and educated version of a talk I gave at Gen Con a number of years ago where I was like doing my best with my knowledge of, uh, of you know, like anthropology and, and science in general to try to d- draw some sort of deep meaning from, from different cultures throughout yeah, the world it, and their, their tendency like to see stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I am going to order that for sure. Well, thank you. And and uh, if you like this show, it sounds like you might like that book as well. So I'm gonna yeah. play, I'm gonna play us out with which one should I pick this time? 
I did the wait, anime. wait, wait. You were going to give your final thought too. Oh, I never have a final thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who cares what you think? Exactly. Nobody. <laughs> when I was your boss, you didn't care what I thought. <laughs> Don is the blank slate for our ideas to play out upon. He he and his other staff member tried to unionize against me, and their only demand was more cookies. Oh, and hand jobs. Yeah. Jolene wanted hand, hand jobs. More hand jobs. She said, these hands need more jobs. And I said, Jolene, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> ah, Jolene. Okay. <laughs> Still one of the most wonderful people I know. Still talk to her every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Okay. I'm going to play us out with a song called Bavarian Seascape. Here we go. Oh, that's great. Isn't it? Isn't it great? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for little, listening. Little and, music. Aaron, thank you for for guesting on the show and, uh, you know, adding adding a more thoughtful layer to the show than we normally than we normally have. No, thank you for having me. It was yes. a lot of fun. And uh, so you can find us online at the Hidden Zoo uh, on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Hidden Zoo and email us at HiddenZoo69 at gmail.com because Hidden Zoo was taken and 69 nice. <laughs> nice. We'll see you around, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.